We were going to receive tithes and offerings, but I'm going to, I'm going to go to the word. I believe the word needs to be sown into our hearts this morning. And I believe the, by the word, I believe the spirit of God is going to do some things in your life. Amen. Let there be light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, you like the lights? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You see, the word, ha- the word has to be vital to, to our, our being. It has to be vital to every part of our lives. And, and there's just, just something been rolling around on the inside of me. And, and it's interesting because Annette and I had a conversation. There were some things that we were talking about. And, and, and it was interesting because we, we had the, the same thought. It was almost like this fed up kind of attitude with some things that, I'm, that we've been seeing or sensing in, in people's lives. You have your Bibles. Turn to Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Chapter 1. And you can also hold your place in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I don't know all what the Holy Spirit is going to do, but I know, I know it's, it's going to be good this morning. <laughs> Joy. 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 Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I can find Second Timothy. I do know. I do. I do know where that is. I, I mean, <laughs> Thank you, Father. You see, there, 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 you have to have an attitude. When it comes to the, the enemy, you have to have it. And and there was this attitude that, that I, I, that Annette and I were sensing dealing with some things and it was almost dealing with certain people in situations. And this, and some of this has to do with anyone in here, but it's just something that we, we see, we see when we look, watch media, we see it, which we don't watch a lot of anyway, but, but we see it in, in different avenues and different arenas. And there's, it's this. It's this pitiful spirit. It's this, this pitiful, this attitude of feeling pitiful about yourself. Just this, you know, it's this victim mentality that we, we see in society. There's this, I, I choose to be pitiful instead of progress. It's this, I, I want to defend my right to be hurt. It's choosing to be a victim instead of being a victor. 
and, and I'm not making light of anything in this place, but, but there's a spirit that is within our society and within the world that will cause people to cower down, sit back and remain pitiful and point fingers at everybody else as, as the problem. And that's why when the Lord said, said, yeah, he's the accuser of the brethren. And most of the time when we think about that, we, we look at how the enemy accuses us as individuals and, and, and points about our, our faults and our mistakes. And that's true. But also at the same time, he wants you to, you, he wants you to accuse God and he wants you to accuse other people. And it's a thing that if you're, we're not careful, it can get into our lives and it can keep us stagnant. See, joy is going to manifest in this place in, in a, in a great way this morning. But a lot of times we can't step into true praise and we can't step into true worship because, because we have this pitiful thing on the inside of our lives. Because we have a wrong perspective about where we're at, a wrong perspective about who God is, and a wrong perspective about other people. And, and, and Paul was sensing this same thing in his mentee, Timothy, pastor of a church was dealing with this same kind of attitude, this same kind of spirit. And he, he, has to re, he has to remind Timothy, he goes, he goes, remember your faith. I talked about a Mother's Day. Remember, remember your grandmother and remember your mother. Remember their faith. And I saw this same faith in you. So where, where is that faith right now? I've seen it in you. And he goes through and rekindle, stir up that fire, stir up that, that spirit on the inside of you that came on you with the laying on of my hands on the day of your ordination. Remember, stir that up on the inside of you. See, see, we, we get lukewarm because of having wrong perspectives. We lose the fire on the inside of us because we start looking at our situations. We start looking at other people. And all of a sudden, the next thing we know, once, once we were on fire, but now we're not because we're so inundated with the things of this world. So he tells Timothy, and then he goes on and then it says this. He goes, because God has not given you a spirit of fear. I mean, why are you shrinking back, Timothy? Why are you taking a step back? Why? Because God didn't give you that spirit. God didn't give you this pitiful spirit. God didn't give you this blaming spirit. God didn't give you this victim mentality spirit. He gave you a spirit of power. He gave you a spirit. He gave you a spirit of love. He gave you a sound mind. So why are you vacillating back and forth? Why are you, why are you contemplating these things? Why are you, why are you so caught up with this? Why are you so caught up with, with their persecution? Why are you so caught up with the way they see you or how they think about you? I'm telling you, we have to be free from how this world does things. Focusing on what happened in the past will not bring breakthrough to any person. You becoming all that God's called you to be is never going to happen if you focus on why you aren't where you think you should be. Well, I'm like this because of that person. I'm like this because of this. And I'm like that. You ha- that's a pitiful spirit. And it lets me know that you don't know who you are in God. You are not of this world. So don't take the world's spirit. Don't take the world's idea. 
Don't take the world idea. Well, pastor, you don't know what they, they did to us. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know. But you see, you see, you're focusing on they instead of focusing on him. I'm telling you, we have to get out of this spirit because the church will never rise into a place of unity until we get to this place of knowing who we are in God. You see, we can't, we can't defend our right to be hurt. We can't, we can't settle for being pitiful. You know, Paul talked about this in second Corinthians. I, I was going to go there, but I'm just going to say this to you. Paul said, you know, I've been persecuted, but I'm not in despair. I'm cast down, but what? I'm not destroyed. See, that doesn't sound like someone, hey, you, you see my, you, you, you seen how much they hurt me? You see how much they did that to me? You seen how much they've done to the Jewish people? You seen how much they've done, they've done to us? I, you know what? I, I want, I want what I want. And, and this needs to happen for me. That is the wrong attitude. That is not the attitude of a believer. It's not the attitude of a Christian. And we'll, 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 we'll watch YouTube videos. We'll, we'll focus on things. Well, I believe this way. I have this political idea. I have this, poli- I don't care what your political idea is. You need to get into the word. You need to get in the word and see what the word says about your life and your political views. So we have to come to this place where, where we don't have this pitiful spirit. And it's going throughout society. Woe is me. They don't understand me. They don't under, no, that is the wrong attitude. And it, and it doesn't bring victory and it doesn't bring unity. And it definitely doesn't bring joy. The enemy has a voice. You see the same thing with the, the children of, I mean, God, the disciples when they were crossing over to the sea and, and they had this attitude, don't you care that we perish? This is the disciples. They, they just saw 5,000, 15,000. It was 5,000, not including women and children. 15,000 people fed. Don't you care that we perish? And all, Jesus did just some miracle, did some amazing miracle. He did marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the goodness of God. And yet, yet, yet they couldn't see, they couldn't see the marvels anymore. All they could see is, don't you care? See, that's the accuser of the brethren. Accusing God that don't you care, God? Don't you care? The enemy has a voice. And it will keep you from what God's called you to do. Go to Deuteronomy chapter one real quick. And let's look at this. Deuteronomy chapter one. Deuteronomy chapter one. And let's look at verse 21. It says, behold, the Lord, your God has set the land before you go up and possess it as the Lord, the God of your fathers has said to you, fear not, neither be dismayed. So the, 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 the issue or the, the promise, the declaration was go up and take the land and don't be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. See, it's the same thing today. There's promises in God's word and he's always going to say, don't fear, don't be dismayed. What is dismay? Dismay is to be without joy. If you're dismayed, you'd have no joy. If you have dismay, then, then you have no confidence in a positive outcome. But what happens here? Verse 26 says, yet you would not go up. You say would not. 
Now here, the God, the creator of the universe, the one that, that did amazing things, the one that got them out of the bondage of the Egyptians, the one that fed them, the one that gave them manna, the one that did all these things and they can't go into the promised land because they, 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 they rebelled against what God said. Be against the commandment of the Lord. What was the commandment? Go up. The commandment wasn't about, this commandment had nothing to do with that keeping all these necessary laws. The command here was about just go up. Just go up. Just go up and, and see some of us, you know, you need to hear this morning. It, 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 you just need to go up. You just need to go forward. And it said they would not. Why? Verse, uh, verse 28 says, to what are we going up? I Meaning, why are we going to go up? Our brethren have made our hearts melt. Our brethren have made our hearts melt. Our brethren made our hearts melt. See, they took God, they took their, they took the media's word more than they took God's word. Their hearts made us melt. Saying the people are bigger and taller than we are. The cities are great and fortified to the heavens. And moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakin. Then I said to them, dread not, neither be afraid. The Lord, your God, who goes before you, he will fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord, your God bore you as a man carries his son and all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet in spite of this word, you did not believe. Trust, rely on, and remain steadfast to the Lord. So what happened is, is the enemy has a voice. And that voice is an accuser. And like I said, it's going to accuse you of your mistakes. It's going to accuse God of what he hasn't done. And it's going to accuse others of why you are where you are. Let's go to Revelations chapter 12. So I might be starting a new series this morning. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> so that's my introduction. <laughs> Re- Revelations chapter 12. Revelations chapter 12, verse 9. It says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world... He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which is accusing, accused them before our God day and night. Now, see, we focus on the accuser's voice instead of focus on the voice that came from heaven. What voice came from heaven? It says that now is come salvation. Not not tomorrow, not someday in the future, not yesterday, but now. But now is say now. now. Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his anointing or now of, of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which has accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. They overcame him. Overcame him who? 
the accuser. See, you, you, there has to be something coming out of your mouth. You, you have to stop defending your right to be hurt and start decreeing your right to be blessed. You have to stop defending and start decreeing something. And so here you have to start declaring some things. See, we overcome him. We overcome the accuser by the blood of the lamb. We overcome the accuser. Now, now we over, let's just deal with that word overcame or overcome. Now this word overcome here over overcame in the, in the, in the Greek is the word where we get Nike. Yes. The one with the swoosh. See, in ancient, ancient Greek, they, they, they had, uh, they, there was ancient gods or mythology. And there was, there was a god called Nikeo. And actually it was a goddess and it was the goddess of victory. It was the goddess of victory. And that's where we get Nike today. It's about victory. And the Romans, see the Romans in the, in the, in the Greeks didn't get along. So, so if one had one, then they had to have this. So the Roman, the Roman equivalent... The Roman equivalent for the goddess of, uh, of, of the Greeks for Nicaea is, is Victoria. See, the goddess in the Roman government was Victoria. Yet in the goddess in the Greek, it was Nicaeo, which means the goddess of overcoming, the goddess of victory. And, and it's interesting that this, this word Nicaeo in the, in the Greek, as it pertains in this scripture, it means this. It means constant courage. Keeping himself unharmed and spotless from his adversary's devices. See, it means to come off victorious. I love that. I love that definition in the Greek, in the scripture, in this, for this word in the scripture, it means to come off victorious. I just, I just got a picture of, of being on the field of battle or being on a sports, in a, in a sports championship. It means it just overcame means coming overcame means it already happened. Coming off Victoria coming off that field of battle coming off that field. is like, it's like, you know what? You are already victorious. We overcame who the accuser of the brethren. Oh, we overcame. We, we prevail. We subdue. We have dominion over the accuser of the brethren. Stop accusing the world. Stop accusing God. Stop allowing the enemy to accuse you of all your failures. But you have to take your place. You, you, this is this is a position. This we overcame him. This this isn't just a a a. This isn't just a a, a battle we won. This is a position we hold. This victory is, is not just something we do. It's a position we remain in. It's a position we stay in. They overcame him by the blood. Of the lamb. We overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Stop glorifying your struggles and start glorifying God. We overcame. You have a right to be victorious. Satan has been cast out. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time that the anointing should be on display. Now is the time of the kingdom of God. So now. And so how are you going to overcome the accuser of the brethren today? The same way by the blood of the lamb. Now let's look at first Peter, first first Peter chapter one. There's joy in this place. 
There's joy in this place. There's joy in this place. Hallelujah. You don't have to settle another day for defeat. Now, hey, I'm not belittling where you've been and what you've gone through. You know what? But you, you may not know what I've gone through and where I've been. But I stand here today victorious. You know what? And, and, and you know what? There might be challenges. There should be challenges I'm going to face in the future. But you know what? I'm going to still stand in the same place of victory. You know, I love being able to watch the Savelles now. I've been here for 20 years serving them. And what an honor it's been. And I've, I've seen them go through challenging situations and difficult times, but you would never hear it out of their mouth and you would never, you would never hear them glorify their struggle. You'll never hear them glorify their problems. Why? Because victory isn't going to be you glorifying your problem or what other people have done. Oh, and I've seen people wrong them <laughs> and they would never say, say these things because they, they're, they're just going to serve God. So I'll say it. And I've seen, I've seen other, they could point fingers of why this or why that, or this happened. And well, you know, that they did that to us. That's not victory. Doesn't lie there. Victory, victory. You know, see, sometimes, sometimes we want to feel victory. Sometimes we want to feel delivered. We live too much on our feelings. We, we are led by our emotions and our feelings way too much. That's what's wrong with society is there's too emotional driven. Even the church is too emotional driven instead of spirit driven. And we want to wait to feel delivered. So we'll go to this person to get deliverance. We'll go to this person to try to find deliverance. And I want to ask you a question. Did the blood of Jesus set you free or not? So the thing is, 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 is yes, yes, there could be a level of deliverance and freedom in your life. And that's going to come with a greater revelation of the word. Yes, I understand coming in agreement. I understand praying for deliverance over someone's life. And I, I get that and understand that. But the thing is, is not deliverance isn't a feeling. It's not. Well, I just I just feel like there's just I just need I just need another shot of deliverance. Well, no, you just need another shot of the word. And another shot of, of what did the word do? What? And Jesus is the word. I know I might be stabbing some people's theology, but what we have to understand is deliverance isn't a freedom. Salvation isn't a freedom. It isn't a feeling. Now I love the fact the word says that his spirit bears with my witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. But there's something that we need to renew our minds to if we're going to overcome by the blood of the lamb. Because it's not just saying, saying, oh, Lord, why overcome by the blood of the lamb? Bless his holy name. But what does that mean? Do you even know what that means? Do you know what the blood was even for? Do you know anything about your covenant? Do you know what you have a right to as a believer? And, and we'll shout, we'll praise. Yeah, I overcome by the blood of the lamb. Okay. But what does that mean? It has to be more than just something we're speaking out of our mouth. It has to bring a revelation in here because overcame is a position we rest in. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. It's not just saying, it's not just saying the blood. There has to be revelation. 
And there is a point of saying, there is a point of pleading. There is. So I'm not belittling that, I, but I need you to, I need you to just stay on this point with me this morning because it is going to produce joy in your life when you get a hold of this. First Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one, verse 18. I'm going to read the amplified. It says, you must know and recognize that you were redeemed. You must know. Meaning this isn't optional. It's something that you must know as a believer. You must know, recognize that you were, were, were redeemed and ransomed. From the useless, fruitful way, fruitless ways of living inherited by the traditions of your forefathers. Not with corruptible things such as silver and gold. But you were purchased. I mean, you weren't redeemed with anything that was natural. It wasn't silver and gold. It wasn't money. Money didn't save you. Money won't save you. But you were purchased with what? The precious blood of Christ. I'll just lift a hand and say, the precious blood of Christ. Say, Jesus, I thank you for your blood. We make much of your blood. With the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah. Now get like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. Verse 20, it is true that he was chosen. Jesus was chosen and foreordained and destined and foreknown for it. What? Before the foundation of the world. But he was brought out into public view, was made manifest in these last days at the end of time for the sake of you. Wow. For the sake of you. Say me. This was done for you. It was, it was brought out in the last days for you and for me. The blood. Verse 21. Through him, Jesus, you believed in God. Who raised him up from the dead and, get this, gave him honor and glory. Why? So that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. So this precious blood of Jesus that was given for you in this season, in the last days, was brought to pass for you so that our faith and hope might be centered in God. See, Jesus shed his blood for us so we could set our focus on God. We could center, center our faith. I love that. Say that. Center my faith. On God. You know, it's in a, see, the accuser, accusing is always to get you to center on something else. It's to center on your failures, settle on God's failures, or settle on others' failures. But here, that precious blood was poured out so we could center our faith on God. That's what's wrong in society today, we sent people center on so many other things than on the answer. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. Why the blood? How is it that we can overcome? 
through this blood? What, what did this blood do for, for us? What position did this blood put us in? Let's go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Romans chapter 3. You know, because he said, also, he said they're talking about don't, the, you know, the, the traditions of your fathers. You weren't redeemed by those things. You know, and, and so we have to understand what were a lot of traditions. I know there was a tradition that I grew up in, traditions that I had and grew up in was that, that if I don't do good, God's going to get me. Yep. Right? He's just waiting for me to mess up. He's just waiting for me to fail. He's, he's testing me and trying me to see if, if, if I'm worthy or not. You know, and they'll pull out scriptures out of context and say, there's no righteous, no, not one. Well, well, well the thing is, is we're, we're, let's not deal with our righteousness for a moment. But let's look at this in Romans chapter 3, verse 21. In verse, Romans 3, 21 says, But now... But now the righteousness of God has been revealed independently and altogether apart from the law. Altogether, actually, it is attested by the law and the prophets. Verse 22, namely, the righteousness of God, which comes by believing. How does righteousness come? So my righteousness doesn't come by my works. Hallelujah. Righteousness of God, which comes by believing with personal trust and confident reliance on Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And it is meant and it is meant for all who believe. So this righteousness is for all who believe, not just it's not doesn't say for those that earn it. It's for all that believe. For there is no distinction. Verse 23, since all have sinned. And all falling short of the honor and the glory which God bestows and receives. We all fell short of the glory of God. And see, that's what religion, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Bless his holy name. Yeah, we did. We did. Because if we could have earned it, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. But you have to read the next verse 24. And all are justified. So just as all were sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All are justified and made upright and right standing with God, right standing with right standing with right standing with God and graciously by his grace, his unmerited favor through the redemption, which is provided in Christ Jesus. So so all have sinned, but yet all are justified. See, I'm not a, I'm not, not a sinner saved by grace anymore. I was a sinner. I was a sinner, but now I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm made righteous. I have right standing with God. What does that mean? That I have a right to come boldly to the throne of grace. I have a right to stand before God without the fear of guilt and condemnation. Yes, all have sinned and falling short, but yet all are justified to them that believe. Verse 25, whom God put forward before the eyes of all, get this, as a mercy seat and a propitiation by his blood. What is propitiation? What means a mercy seat? It means the, I guess the best 
word that we can all relate to is appeasement. What is appeasement? Satisfaction. To be satisfied. So when God put forward as an appeasement, a satisfied. So when, when God put forth Jesus and Jesus was crucified, it satisfied. It satisfied Amen. heaven. Hallelujah. Whom God put forward as a mercy seat, an appeasement, what? By his blood, the cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation to be received through faith. So it was by this blood. This was to show God's righteousness because it's a divine forbearance. He had passed over and ignored former sins without punishment. Verse 26, it was to demonstrate and prove at the present time in the present time, in the now season, that he himself is righteous and that he justifies and accepts as righteous him who has faith in Jesus. Do you have faith in Jesus? That means today, right now, in the now season, you are righteous. But how did that come? By the blood. By the blood. Verse 27 then what becomes of our pride and our boasting is excluded, banished on what principle? On the principle of doing good deeds? No, but on the principle of faith. Meaning meaning you're not going to receive righteousness by your good works. But how's your righteousness going to come? It's going to become by your faith in Jesus. Wow. We overcome by the blood. That blood was come so we could have center our faith in God. That blood was, was shed. Jesus was our, the appeasement. So what? So we could set our faith in God so we could become righteous. So when we say they overcame by the blood of the lamb, I'm talking about a position. How do you overcome when you understand your position of righteousness and you'll never understand your position of righteousness. If you constantly allow the accuser, to point to, to put you down for your faults, to, to, to point your finger at God or to point your finger at other people. You'll never overcome. Thank you, father. Go to Romans five. I need to hurry up. Romans five. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. It's through his blood. It's through his blood that there was a way made that we could become righteous, that we could be righteous. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 6. I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, While we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time, Christ died for the ungodly. That was me. Now get this. Now it's an extraordinary thing for one to give his life even for an upright man. Though perhaps for a noble and a lovable, generous benefactor, someone might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, since we are now justified, we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood. We were brought into right, right relationship by Christ's blood. How much more 
How much more? If we were brought into right relationship with Christ's blood, how much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath to come? Hallelujah. For if we were enemies... We were, for when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Now get this. It is much more certain now that we're reconciled, that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. Man, if he did that and we were saved from that, how much more would he daily deliver us? How much more by his life? But all this comes from the blood of Jesus. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Why? Why did we say they overcame him by the blood of the lamb? Why? Because the blood of the lamb is what gave us position to operate in authority over the enemy. Now, let's let's look at. um, Thank you, Father. Yeah, he wants me to read these scriptures. Go to verse 12. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man talking about Adam. In death as a result of sin. So because of what Adam did, death spread to all men. No one was able to stop it or escape its power because all men sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before ever the law was given. But sin is not charged to men's account where there is no law. Verse 14. Yet death held sway from Adam to Moses, the lawgiver. And even over those who did not themselves transgress a command as Adam did. Adam was a type of the one Jesus who was to come in reverse. The former was destructive and the latter was saving. Verse 15, but God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. For if many died through one man's falling away, his lapse in offense, much more profusely did God's grace and his free gift come through the undeserved favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound and over to overflow to many. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of one man's sin. For the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation. Whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification, an act of righteousness. Verse 17, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned. Through that one. So because of Adam, death reigned through that one. Much more, surely, will those who receive God's overflowing grace, his unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness. Let's look at the King James. For if by one man's offenses, death reigned by one, much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign, shall reign, shall reign in life. Now, it didn't say shall reign in heaven, shall reign in life, shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. See, when you centered your faith on Jesus because of what his blood accomplished, It put you in a position to be righteous and that free gift of righteousness. You know, with a gift, a gift is not something you earn. It's something you receive. 
Second Corinthians five says through one man says through, it says it says, though he thank you, father. Thank you, father. It says that that he who knew no sin became sin. That we might be made, made, made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Made, didn't say become righteous. It says be made righteous. You see, the moment that you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you are as righteous as you'll ever be. Righteousness is not a feeling up in here. But it is a knowing that Jesus spilled his blood for you. And you receive that by faith and it puts you in right standing with God. And because it put you in a right standing with God, it gave you a position to reign in life. To reign in life. They overcame the accuser by the blood of the lamb. So what does that mean for you? How are you going to overcome the accuser? By the blood. But what does that mean? That you're righteous. You, you have been positioned for victory. You have been, been positioned for great, great victories. You've been positioned for breakthrough. You've been positioned for greatness. You've been positioned for restoration. You've been positioned for miracles. You've been positioned. You've been positioned. You've been positioned. You have been positioned when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. You were made righteous. And because of that, you reign in life. Just two more scriptures real quick. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. There's joy in this place. There's joy in this place. See, when you get a revelation of righteousness, I'm telling you, there will be a supernatural force of joy that will come into your life. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. It doesn't matter what's going on necessarily with with your circumstances. I'm telling you, when you understand you're righteous, you're righteous. And because you're righteous, you have a right to be victorious. Now, I don't have time to read a bunch of scriptures here, but if you take 2 Corinthians 4, and Paul talking about, you know, I'm pressed on every side. You know, I'm, 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 I'm distressed, but I'm not cast down. He said all those things. Why? Because Paul had a revelation of who he is and who he is in God. Now, what does this righteousness do? Thank you, Father. Let's, let's look at uh, the last verse of chapter 5. It says, for our sake, he Christ... For he who made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that he might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we're made righteous by Jesus. Let's look at verse 7. I'm reading this amplified of, of chapter 6. By speaking the word of truth in the power of God with the weapons of our righteousness. For the right hand to attack and for the left hand to defend. See, this righteousness isn't a feeling. Righteousness is a force. It's a force in the believer's life. And Paul's talking about how he walked through things, how he said, he, he talked about, he goes, he goes, he goes, pay no attention to this momentary light affliction. He goes, for the things that I see, they're temporary. But the things I don't see, they're eternal. He goes in and and talks about his how how his relationship is with heaven. He talks about being a new creation. He talks about being righteous. And he gets down to this place and he says that the weapons of righteousness. 
See, we have, we have this position of righteousness. Righteousness is a force to put the enemy in his place. And I love that. He says, the weapons of righteousness for the right hand to attack and for the left hand to defend. You want to defeat the enemy? Stand in your righteousness. Stand in your righteousness. Stand in your righteousness. Oh, there's so many places I could go with that. Stand in your righteousness. Stand in that righteousness. Stand in the fact that the blood of Jesus made a way for you to be positioned in this place of authority. Go to Isaiah 54 and I'll close with this. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Joy, joy, joy. You're like, why, why does joy have, have some, why, why are you talking about this joy? What does that have to do? Because see, if you really understood now, now think about this. If you're going through life and all of a sudden your aunt Lola passes away and yet you didn't know aunt Lola, but all of a sudden someone gives you a phone call and they says, aunt Lola, left you $5 million. You've inherited $5 million. One, I want to know your Aunt Lola. Thank you, Aunt Lola. Praise the Lord, Aunt Lola. But the same thing is here. That in, see, see we, we, we look at the, the scriptures as our Sunday thing instead of it being a revelation we build our life on. You see, it's the free gift of righteousness. This righteousness is available to you, but you're going to have to stand in that righteousness because your mind, situations, oppression, circumstances, bad reports from the doctor, what someone else did to you, what's happening in the media are all going to do what? And eat away at your position of righteousness. And it's going to try to get you in the flesh. So why, why is righteousness so important? It's a weapon. Weapon of righteousness. Wow. But let's look at this in Isaiah 54. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 54. Verse 14. In righteousness shall you be established. What is established? It means settled. See, if, if, if what you hear going on in the world brings fear or brings condemnation or, or fuels your anger or, um, cause you to think less of yourself, then you're not established in righteousness. You're not. The kingdom of God is not based on this world system. So if, if what's happening around you is dictating your emotions, then you're not established in righteousness. You're not established in righteousness because, because faith is a settled position. Faith rests. And here it says this in righteousness shall thou be established. Now get this. And thou shalt be far from oppression. You see, when you're established in righteousness, you'll be far from oppression. It doesn't mean that you don't deal with things that may not oppress you. It just oppression is not going to fill your heart. If you're established in righteousness, thou shalt be far from oppression. And then it says this, for thou shall not fear. You shall not fear. You shall not fear. You shall not fear. 
you shall not fear. You shall not fear. If I'm established in righteousness, it says I shall not fear. If I'm established in righteousness, I shall not fear. And constantly what's going see it, condemnation. The accuser is to get you in a place of fear. You, 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 you point your finger of God is, is, is based in fear. You looking at other pointing at other people is based in fear. You shall be established in righteousness. You shall be established. You shall be far from oppression for thou shall not fear and from terror for it shall not come near you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It shall not come near you. 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 You know, first John chapter five talks about this verse 18. It talks about being born of God. And it says, and it says the wicked one touches him not. Those that are born of God says the wicked one. If you're born of God, that means the blood of Jesus. You receive the blood of Jesus as being a just sacrifice and you were made righteous. And it says the wicked one touches you not. The accuser of the brethren touches you not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we are righteous today. I thank you that we boast of our righteousness today. We make much of our righteousness today. We make much of your blood today because your blood has put us in a position to be righteous. Oh, Father, I thank you for joy manifesting in this place. Joy manifesting in this house. Joy manifesting in this place. Hallelujah. I thank you for joy. I thank you for joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, hallelujah. Lift a hand to heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, say, Father. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I receive his blood in my life. It was a just sacrifice. It made me acceptable to my father God. So I receive the free gift of righteousness into my life now. I am righteous. I stand in my righteousness. I have a right to come boldly to the throne of grace. I have a right to be healed, restored. I have a right to all the fruits of the spirit. I have a right to joy, oppression, depression. You have no right in my life or in my heart. Why? Because I overcome by the blood of the lamb because I'm righteous. I stand in my righteousness. I stand in my righteousness. I stand in my righteousness. And I'm far from oppression. I'm far from oppression. Depression? Leave me now. If you've been battling any, any type, any type of depression or oppression in any way, just come to the altar. Come to the altar. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Joy, 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 joy. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for joy, joy, joy manifest in her life. Joy, 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 joy that we're established in righteousness. Joy, 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 
joy. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for joy. Joy. Oh, yeah, you've just seen a pe- taste. You've just seen a taste. You've just seen a taste. Oh, but yes, yes, yes. You're going to be a voice. You're going to be a voice in this hour. You're going to be a voice in this day. So shake off the oppression because that oppression is not for me. Shake off that oppression because it's not for me. Everything that came in. Yes, yes, the loss was hard. Yes, the loss was difficult. Yes, the loss caused lots of questions. But it was not by me. I'm not the one that steals, kills, and destroys, but I'm the one that gives life. I'm the one gives life. I'm the one gives life. So receive my joy today. Receive my strength today. And you're going to be a voice. You're going to be, yes, yeah, you're going to, just receive it. Receive. You're going to be a great voice for me. A great voice. A great voice. Setesta, dande de quito. Oh, my joy. Joy, joy, joy. Joy, joy. Joy, joy, joy. Oh, I command joy to bubble up on the inside of you. Oh, like a river. Joy. Whew. <laughs> that's, the, that's the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Joy, 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 joy. Joy, joy, joy. Joy. Joy, joy, oh joy, 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 joy. Ora mandesti chi andolon della rai e andolomo sora mai. Ande, I bind, I bind the accuser's voice. This isn't just for you, but this this is for other people here. You have to stop giving. We have to stop giving the enemy, the accuser's voice, weight and value. strengthen. Let joy empower. Joy. Free from all oppression. Joy, joy, joy. Joy strengthen. Joy establish you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, enemy, you are under our feet. We overcome you. We come off victorious because of the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Father. Oh, let joy reign in this place. Just place your hand on the person on your left and your right and just pray over them. Joy, joy, joy. Joy, joy, joy. Oh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That means joy is a great enabler. Joy is a great enabler. The accuser's voice will try to steal joy. 
take away your joy. But hey, you're righteous. You're righteous and you're positioned in righteousness. Hallelujah. We overcome him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anytime that accuser's voice comes into your heart and mind and hallelujah, you tell him who you are. You tell him that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are his righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You were made righteous. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 Joy, joy, joy. Joy, 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 joy. Joy, 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 joy. Joy, joy, joy. joy. Mm, hallelujah. We stand in that righteousness today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Overcome. We overcome. We overcome. We overcome. Hallelujah. We overcome. We overcome. We overcome. By the blood of the Lamb. So we take our position of authority. We take our position of authority. Mm, Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Thank Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Be established. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Encourage you. No looking back. No looking back. Stand in your righteousness. Stand in your righteousness today. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Rick. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, 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 holy. Hallelujah! Now, now you don't you don't sound like a people that have laid hold of the righteousness. I, I I just don't sense that some of you still kind of like. Well, I don't know. It kind of you know it sounds good, but but if you really possess this understanding of who you are, man, it will cause you to stick your stick your chest out, put your shoulders back, and you want some of me, devil? Hey, I overcome you by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Hallelujah.